All right, say sit down with Stuart, like real sexy. Say it. Sit down with Stuart. Welcome to the first episode of Sit Down with Stu. These will be bite-sized episodes where I do a quick dive on a specific issue or one-on-one interviews. I promise that everyone else we've heard so far on this podcast is safe and sound. This is not a purge situation. They will return. I wanted to do a bit of a deep dive on the name, Valiant 33. About a year ago, the soccer landscape here was a lot murkier, and the specific piece of Rochester lore became synonymous with supporting pro soccer in Rochester. I'm a bit of a history nerd and wanted to choose something from Rochester's past. While looking for names, the parallels manifested themselves in ways that couldn't be ignored. To give a little bit more background, Valiant 33 was a group formed in the early 19th century during the height of the War of 1812. Probably makes sense to explain the backstory a bit more. There were a lot of, let's call them demographic changes, happening around here at the time. So think of what was happening in the early 1800s in Rochester, similarly to the Wild West of the late 1800s. The current day Rochester area was stolen from the Iroquois tribes in the late 1700s by the treaty signed between the US and England. So understandably, there was a lot of hostility between the natives and the Americans. The British were also still butthurt about being defeated in the Revolutionary War. Rochester wasn't even called Rochester at this time. It was still Rochesterville, and it wasn't a city either. It wouldn't be until 1823 that Rochesterville would drop the ville and become a city. It was still very sparsely populated at the time, with only about 20 people living here when it was originally founded. Going back into the origins of the War of 1812, increased tensions between the British and American on either side of the Atlantic caused it to be declared, which despite its name lasted two and a half years. The Rochester area was a major front for the war because of the British forces in Canada, and one of the supposed goals of the war, on the US side at least, was to annex Canada. The first attack on the Rochester area came in late 1812 when the British fired on the port of Charlotte and met zero resistance. No one was hurt, and in the end it really was just a bloodless raid for US supplies which were owned by the government. The second attack came in June 1813. Similar to the first, the British came down to steal government supplies but brought a lot more soldiers. They took a local customs official hostage and stayed at his house overnight to avoid informing the Rochester militia of what was happening. Still, no one was hurt. Tensions were clearly escalating. It would get a bit worse and a few months later the Battle of Fort Niagara would result in a real military defeat for the US and 80 American soldiers were killed. This resulted in the formation of the Valiant 33, as the citizens of Rochesterville weren't willing to sit around anymore as people were now dying. There was a lot more at stake. A fort had been built over the winter at what is now a Dunkin' Donuts on Lake Ave, and two cannons had been brought as well to shore up their defenses. As could be expected, in May 1814, the British returned and again asked for government supplies. They were told by the Valiant 33 leader, quote, we shall keep the stores until the king shall send a force sufficient to take it away." End quote. This is the first time the British had met real resistance and a great example of 19th century sassiness. As the British returned to their ship, the Valiant 33 also returned to their fort. This is where the Valiant 33 really made themselves famous. Rather than just walking straight to the fort, what they did is they kept on going in and out of the forest. When they came back in view, they'd be in a different formation and thus look like a different regiment. Reports from the British said that they estimated that there were at least 300 troops at the base. The reality is that the 33 in Valiant 33 is probably more troops than they actually had, so 300 is way more than they could have ever numbered. 
As a further proof, there were only about 300 people living in Rochesterville at the time, so there's no way that there were this many people. Saying that, this did give the British a reason to pause and ask whether they were ready for a real fight. After thinking about their next move overnight, the British did try and fire a few shots at the fort, and after the Americans shot back, they sailed away, never to return. What I truly love about this story is it's very similar to Rochester supporters. Whether it was 33 diehard fanatics in the pouring rain, or 3,300 casual fans on a warm summer day, visiting teams knew when they had stepped foot on Rochester turf, they were up for a fight. People like to bring up waning attendance numbers as signs of the club's death, but the ones who really stood there, even during the worst times, drew upon the similar ideas held by those 19th century soldiers. This is our patch, and whether you outnumber us or not, we're here to fight. But we don't need to turn the Dunkin' Donuts on Lake Ave into a fort again. We can't just lay down and give up because it's the easy thing to do or over silly things like the name or color. Wendy, Dave, and Jamie can do the best job over the next couple of months to get everything we all want, but it's up to us, the fans, to carry it over the finish line and show the world who we really are as Rochesterians, just like the Valiant 33 did. Thank you for listening to the history lesson. If you have any questions or comments, hit us up on Twitter at Valiant underscore 33, on Instagram at Valiant 33, or email us at Valiant33podcast at outlook.com.